Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 51. All right. 51.5? It is. We had, this is the first Uh, time in the 51 episodes, I believe, that we had to redo a podcast. Incorrect. We did another one that we had to redo? Well, okay, so full story on that. Uh, I don't even remember what episode it was, but I, I know, I remember that we did a podcast you know, I handle the technical posting it and editing it if we need to. And I can do it, but I'm not fantastic at it, right? I'm no super producer. But uh, I do recall one time before we did a podcast, I went to listen to it and it just, you know, for whatever reason, sounded garbled and you were on vacation. So I redid a podcast <laughs> and it was just me. Wow. I, I just did it, but. Yeah, so the second time that's happened, uh, this time your mic cut out, and you were very, everybody was echoey. Just, uh, All right, so, you know, we had to get the entire podcast crew together, the nine yeah. people who work behind the scenes. We okay. rewrote and re-edited the scripts that we always do. This is not ad-libbed. It's not like we ad-libbed this. That was written, by the way. It's not ad-libbed. It's not right. like we ad-libbed this dot, dot, dot. So, it's on the teleprompter right now. Dave's reading it. So we'll just have to do all that work again. Okay. It usually costs us about $1,000, $1,500 to redo a podcast. That's absolutely not true. No. <laughs> all right. But it's going to be even better this time because we've rehearsed all the material. We've gone over it. And uh, what we did want to talk about was long-term care insurance. Yeah. And just kind of get an update on the landscape of long-term care. But I, I believe in the podcast, and it was about a week ago that we did it, so I kind of forget now. But I believe we did just a real quick market update even before we got into long-term care. And just taking this snapshot here that we're almost three months into the year, we came through December, which was the worst December in the stock market since 1931, right? So pretty bad December. And with the benefit of hindsight, we look back and we say, gosh, looks like Christmas Eve was the low stock market, U.S. market down 19.4 from the height down to the low. And I don't think we've quite made it back, but we've recovered a lot of those losses. Yeah, and like in our business, you know, it's just the way we look at things is quarterly. We don't really look at things month to month. There's so much fluctuation, but we do look at things quarterly. In a year, we like to look at things quarterly. That's just the way we do things. So the last quarter was not good. You know, highlighted by what was the word? Was that like, I'm trying to remember, October 
Uh, the whole quarter was horrible. September, early October, and then everything was downhill from there. But it was a bad quarter, yeah. I, and it's you know, and, and I guess another reason we look at things quarterly is because our clients, almost anyone, whether you're our client or not, you get your statements, and you tend to look at things quarterly. Yep. I know I look at my investment statements quarterly, and when you saw your fourth quarter statements in January, yeah, whoa, off a cliff there, but. In the grand scheme of things, when this quarter, now there's a couple days left, so when you're listening to this, the quarter will be over. Right. Um, but this quarter is going to be dramatically better. Yep. And, I mean, of course, we, you know, you guys have all heard us preach the same thing again and again, that we invest for, in stocks for the long term. Um, the reason why we don't panic when it goes down in one quarter is, at least for our clients, we know that they've got enough income coming in from pensions, annuities, social security, things like that. And they've got enough bonds and cash that if the stock market didn't recover in one quarter, let's say it took a year or three years or five years or seven years even, that they'd be okay. And if you can look at things from that perspective, yeah, okay, one quarter hurts, but it's it's not that big right. of a deal. And although we do all of our planning based on the long term. I'm going to make a short-term commentary here, and it is opinion-based. And this was since the last podcast that didn't work. And that is that the Mueller report is out. And while you guys, everybody knows what it says, basically, that Mm -hmm. it really, to me, when it comes to the market, leads to, on a short-term, hey, trade imbalance might be an issue, Whatever might happen that we don't even know about might be an issue that affects stocks. But what the market does like is sort of unexpected things not happening. Right. And yeah, to like me, it, 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 there's a there's a layer of political, I'm not going to say tranquility, uh-huh. but when you have That's something like this going on and this threat of immediate impeachment or whatever sure. not hanging over, in general, in the short term, the regular things that will affect the market, like right. trade imbalance, like something we don't know that's economic, will be your, your factors as opposed to this lingering impeachment thing. Right. So I find that to be, I'm not, I, I would say that might be a good thing in yep. the short term as far as the stock market's concerned. All right, let's shift gears and let's talk about what we wanted to do an update on, which is long-term care insurance. And there were a couple things that I wanted to hit on on long-term care and obviously going to hand most of this over to Dave. You know, one was just to update people on your your mother-in-law situation because I know you talked about that so much as, you know, part of the long-term care practice. And then just talk about some of these announcements from some of the carriers that have come out, Genworth in particular about how they're changing what that means for long-term care going forward. Right. Well, update on my mother-in-law situation is she's not alive anymore. So right. she passed away on December 23rd. I don't know if we did a podcast since then or not. I don't even know if we no, mentioned we, this or not because I don't remember. Yeah. We have done one, but we you can tell I don't listen to the podcast. About it, I don't right. listen to the podcast. We do them. I don't re-listen to it. That's your job. You re-listen to it and edit it and stuff like that. But... Yeah, so she passed away on December 23rd, and that would be the end of her situation. Like so many of you dealt with with so, your parents, and, and we dealt. But and maybe just shy of what, six years? Just shy of six years in Kensington Park. Okay. As far as her experience with dementia, and then we'll call it dementia becoming more pronounced, or some people say it turns into Alzheimer's. Who knows what it, 
the two are almost, you know, the same thing. But the bottom was, I think my my wife and my father-in-law started to notice this in her, some dementia, maybe when she was 72, 73 years old. She passed away at 80, right after her 85th birthday. Just a couple of days after her 85th birthday. So that's a long scenario and anybody you know alzheimer's is not like uh all of a sudden you you're diagnosed like with cancer (laughs) it's something that takes its time and it works differently in different people but i guess the bottom line first she had dementia and alzheimer's for about 12 years and six of those half of those were spent in assisted living well and frankly if she didn't have your father-in-law who was healthy for most of that taking care of her she probably would have needed care i think you would have had to add another couple years to that yeah so i think you would have looked been looking at an eight-year scenario where long-term care insurance would have paid where you would have been receiving some home care and then moving to assisted living for memory care right um but from a financial planning perspective, what, what were the... Well, from a financial planning perspective, just the way the insurance worked in that case was that my father-in-law, who's a very planning-minded person, far more than most people, originally purchased a policy for himself and my mother-in-law in 1991. But you got to realize, the I think the insurance was invented. John Hancock came out with the first long-term care policy in like 1988. Right. <laughs> so unheard of back then. Right. Remember, assisted living didn't exist until the 90s. They were just starting to be built. Yeah. It didn't really exist until the mid-90s. So that was very early to get one. But within getting it, he only did $100 a day as a benefit. Meaning that if you sort of extrapolate that out, that means if you needed long-term care this year, it would be $36,000 the policy would pay. Look at what my mother-in-law's care averaged over the six years. To put that in perspective, it averaged about $100,000 a year. Right. So... So that not, was not so they were under he whoever he did it with underdid it. I got in the business in the late nineties and we looked at their policy and basically supplemented it. Got another policy for hundred thirty dollars a day, and you know you never know what's going to happen. In fact, my in laws were approved for their policies with the best health rating. Wow! You never know what's going to happen. They bought yeah. it basically in their early. 50s and then re-supplemented in their 60s but you never know what's going to happen but but they ended up $87,000 a year and the way the policies work then is no matter how long you're in long-term care you get an unlimited benefit they don't work that way now so that's what they got ultimately that $87,000 a year was enough to add it on to my father-in-law he passed away five years ago had pancreatic cancer add on his social security most of the care was covered every year right and their estate was i would say virtually completely protected and that's the whole point of long-term care insurance is to not eat away at the estate um year after year after year yeah but i mean when we talk about the way that long-term care insurance is changing the landscape is changing (laughs) you know one of the big announcements that came out in march was genworth who has been a huge seller of long-term care. I don't know if they've been you know, number one, but they've been a big seller for a Yeah, there are more Genworth policies out there, and Hancock is number two. Right. So they, they announced in March that they're basically going to stop selling traditional long-term care insurance. 
Um, and, you know, some people were surprised by this. You know, frankly, this has been the direction a lot of these companies have gone. I mean, Hancock got out a couple of years ago. MetLife's been out for a number of years. Prudential out years ago. If you own a long-term care insurance policy right now, chances are the company you own it with is not selling it. Right. Whether it's my own policy with Unum Provident or John Hancock or Genworth or MetLife yep. or Prudential. They sold a lot of policies in the past. Most of them are not selling it anymore. Now, you don't, you should, listening, know the law that a long-term care insurance policy is something called guaranteed renewable, which means it can never be canceled. The companies have to continue to honor those policies, and there are plenty of protections, which we won't describe in this show, that protect you uh, for other things. So, it's one thing not to sell it, which is a, a company's choice going forward. If you own a policy with any of these companies, you have zero to worry about. Yeah, that that's a, a huge distinction there because quite often people will call up and say, I heard John Hancock's going out of the long-term care insurance business or Genworth. Well, no, they're, they're going out of the selling new policy business. They still have to honor those existing policies. Right. So now but, we're, we're basically in a situation where I can honestly tell you on the traditional side, so there are two types of policies. One are called the hybrids and they mix long-term care insurance and life insurance. They certainly have their pros and cons, but to to honestly tell you the difference between them, for them to work the way a traditional policy works, you have to lump down a pretty big sum of money. Um, Depending if you're single, married, whatever, that lump down. For the hybrid policy. For the hybrid policy, you're basically setting aside $100,000 to $200,000, not a year, just in general. Right. To get one of these, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but it's a different animal than the traditional. You know, the basic idea, which on the surface is appealing, is this idea that you set down this money and it's either going to be there to provide a long-term care benefit or to provide a death benefit. So people say, well, I like this because I know I'm either going to die, need long-term care, or both. So I know I'm going to get a benefit out of this. But like you said, you've got to put down, to make it work well, you've got to put down quite a bit of money. Right. Now, from the insurance company's point of view, I'm only going to be wonky here for hopefully 45 seconds. From the insurance company's point of view, they like selling hybrids better because when you start using the long-term care benefit, it is taken out first out of the death benefit. Mm-hmm. So if you use, so if you had a hundred fifty thousand dollar death benefit, once you've used one hundred fifty thousand of long term care services, and remember, in today's world, my mother in law, her last year of care cost one hundred thirty. So once you use one hundred fifty, now there's no death benefit left, and the right. insurance company is basically saying, okay, you know, we'll, we, the death benefit will be used for long term care. Actuarially, that's going to make this thing work better yep. for us going forward. Um, and then there's the traditional that's still left. Right. And the problem, the reason there were, when I started doing this stuff, 1998, 20 years ago, there were about 30 legitimate carriers a broker can, can offer us to sell. And now there's like Mutual of Omaha. Um, the reason that for that's that, it. no, there's Transamerica, there's a couple others, but right. really the leader now is Mutual of Omaha. And there's not that many left. The reason is because Without a death benefit to this policy, no matter, even with any kind of reasonable premium, even with how they've amended the policies and made them more expensive, buying it, you're basically, you buy a five-year benefit period, you're making up all the premium you paid for 10, 20, 25 years in about seven months. 
and then everything else is gravy for you. Right. And that model is just isn't working for the insurance companies. So what? I know we've had this discussion on on your over under when when these companies the last couple. You mean when you'd on, go to the insurance graveyard? I'm going to go visit insurance policies in a graveyard. Really, you're. In, a freak and a loser and you go and you say long-term care insurance traditional long-term care insurance a tombstone born 1988 died in my opinion 2022 see i think that's way long (laughs) i think i'm taking the under on that for you gamblers out there i I, you know i think the a lot of these companies is the direction they're going and they're going to they're going to cut off sales even sooner than that, I'd say, probably in the next year and okay. a half. But that years. always leads to, now remember, a consumer, though, unlike us, isn't even interested in this conversation, thinks, oh. my God, the whole conversation, these people are nerds, <laughs> or they're just freaky losers. So, But here's the bottom line. So people don't know, well, I wonder if I should just get this or wait. Like, how old should I be when I buy this? Oh, no, friend. <laughs> now is the time to get long-term care insurance while you have choices. Right. So I think I would like to have a choice between a traditional policy and a hybrid versus my only choice to protect long-term care in the future is to get a hybrid, plunk down a hundred or $200,000 of my assets. And remember, they'll be sold. I'll sell them. You and I will do this as a protection for clients. Yeah. I'm not saying we're not going to do it. Right. I'm just saying that, you know, if it were me, knowing what I know about all this stuff, I would rather for most healthy people who you know have assets to protect, I would still rather be in a traditional policy right. than a hybrid, and I'd rather pay a much lower annual premium than plunking down money for a lot of reasons, while I still can. So if any, and remember, we know our audience listening to this podcast, if you've listened to this so far and said, I've been interested, you probably already have long-term care insurance. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't said, oh, and turned the, <laughs> turned the channel, like a podcast has a channel. But tell people who don't have long-term care i always say spread the word i would say tell people now you have knowledge in a cocktail party if you listen to this you are so smart (laughs) (laughs) wow how does how does fred know so much about this topic that people should either really look into it now or or i'm not gonna say forget about it but if they are looking into it now is the time to really get knowledgeable and and pull the trigger absolutely all right, thanks for bearing with us. I guess you didn't have to bear with us. We had to bear with ourselves doing the same podcast. Hopefully. I actually think the repeat podcast was very similar to the first one. Yeah, I think so. So, all right, we'll check in again next month.